0: Let's continue reading verses 16 through 25 of Judges chapter 7. In the second half of the chapter, we have Gideon's victory over the Midianites. Judges chapter 7, beginning at verse 16. Then Gideon divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, Look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpet on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. And they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp. And the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to beth toward Zererah, as far as the border of abel Mahola by Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher, and all Manasseh and pursued the Midianites. Then Gideon sent messengers throughout all the mountains of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and seize from them the watering places as far as beth and the Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered together and seized the watering places as far as beth and the Jordan. And they captured two princes of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and Zeeb they killed at the winepress of Zeeb. They pursued Midian and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeeb to Gideon on the other side of the Jordan. Once again, let's begin now the second half of Judges chapter 7 with some background notes. The time had come for the battle. Israel had cried to the Lord because of the oppression of the Midianites, and the Lord had raised up Gideon. Gideon had passed the tests of faith that the Lord had given him. Now it was time to defeat the Midianites in the strength of the Lord. Gideon divided his army, his small army of 300 men, into three companies of 100 men each, and he sent them out to surround the camp of the Midianites. Each man carried a trumpet, a torch, and an empty clay jar to cover the smoldering torch. Now what kind of weapons are these anyway? torches, trumpets, clay jars. Why did they carry these items instead of swords and spears? Well, I'll give you two reasons. Number one, they didn't have any weapons. The Midianites had camels and weapons, but Israel had very few weapons available. But the other reason was that God wanted to show his power for Israel by defeating the Midianites apart from any military weapons. Then Israel would know for sure that it was God who fought for them. Furthermore, get this now, furthermore, there are some great lessons here about spiritual warfare. We can learn these from the way Gideon defeated the Midianites. Now, we're going to talk more about these lessons under our doctrinal points. But first, let's take a few more background notes. When Gideon and his men blew their trumpets, and the enemy saw the lights from 300 torches surrounding them, most likely they thought they were being attacked by a huge army. You see, in the ancient world of warfare, a trumpet sound meant a commander with a number of troops under him. So when Gideon and each one of his men blew a trumpet, remember it was nighttime, when each one of them blew a trumpet and held up a lighted torch, The Midianites thought they were surrounded by a huge army. A trumpet and torch represented many men, or so they thought. The way God worked it out. Notice from verse 19 that Gideon gave the signal at the beginning of the middle watch. That would be about 10 o'clock at night. So the guards who were going back to their tents were probably thought to be invading Israelis, by the Midianites who were just waking up from the trumpets. Thus, the Midianites began to kill off each other in the confusion. Again, God was working it all out. And a lot more we could say for background notes, but we gotta move now to the doctrinal teaching from this half of Judges chapter seven. So, doctrinal teaching point number one. Victory in spiritual warfare demands broken clay jars. Victory in spiritual warfare demands broken clay jars. The victory of Gideon over the Midianites in the book of Judges is more than just the true record of events that took place many years ago. The way that they took place and the way they are recorded in the word of God involve many spiritual lessons for the Christian. Now follow closely. The land of Canaan, which was the land of promise for Israel, represents the land of blessing for the Christian. The book of Ephesians shows us that the land of spiritual blessing for the Christian is also the land of spiritual battle. Read Ephesians one and Ephesians six in this connection. We don't ever have to be defeated in spiritual battle, but unfortunately we are defeated if we let the enemy of our souls continue to operate in the land of blessing. Now, this is all pictured for us in the books of Joshua and Judges. Here at the time of Gideon, the Midianites and the Amalekites that are oppressing Israel in the land represent the things of the world and the lusts of the flesh which oppress the Christian in the land of blessing. Do You see the spiritual picture. But Gideon's use of trumpets, torches, and clay jars represent the method of victory in spiritual warfare. Are you beginning to see the spiritual picture here? Turn now if you would to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 5 through 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 5 through 12. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, earthen jars, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we see that believers have a treasure, a treasure within, but it is within earthen vessels or clay jars. What is the treasure? It is the life and light of Christ. What are the earthen vessels or clay jars? That's us, especially our mortal bodies or mortal flesh. Verses 10 and 11. In order for the life and light of Christ to be seen in our lives, our clay jars must be broken. They must be broken open. You see the picture? Now, that does not mean we are to literally break our arms and legs. But as we see here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, there must be the death-to-self principle at work in our lives. Verses 10 and 11 once again always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. And verse 12, so then death is working in us, but life in you. It's the death to self principle that's at work here you want the light and life of Christ to be seen, then the clay jars must be broken. There must be the death to self principle in operation in our lives. Now, do you see how all this is pictured in Gideon's victory over the Midianites? The clay jar had to be broken open so that the smoldering torch inside could flare up and shine out. Do you follow it? Victory in spiritual warfare, demands broken clay jars. Doctrinal point number two, victory in spiritual warfare demands clear sounding trumpets. Victory in spiritual warfare demands clear sounding trumpets. Now what do the trumpets represent in Gideon's victory over the Midianites? I believe they represent the clear and certain testimony of believers. These trumpets or ram's horns would be heard for miles around. And the purpose of these trumpets was not to make music. It was to let the enemy know that the sword of the Lord and of Gideon had arrived. Verse 18. Do you see the lesson? A principle of victory in spiritual warfare is to have a loud and clear and distinct and consistent Christian testimony. You see how that's represented in the trumpets? As 1 Corinthians 14, verse 8 says, if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? Let me ask you, how is your Christian testimony? Is it like a loud and clear trumpet sound? Or is it like a muted bird call? Now, maybe you're here this morning and you don't even have a Christian testimony because you're not a Christian. Well, why not trust the Lord this morning for your salvation? And become a christian it's as simple as that just trust the lord as your personal savior because he died on the cross for your sins commit your life to him and that's to become a christian now let's be christians with loud and clear testimonies victory in spiritual warfare demands clear sounding trumpets practical application for this last half of judges chapter 7 Can you say, look at me and do likewise? Can you say, look at me and do likewise? You know, that's what Gideon said to his men. Look back there at verse 17. And Gideon said to them, look at me and do likewise. You know, that's a sign of a great leader when he or she can say, look at me and do likewise. Can you say that? Can you tell others to look at me and do likewise? Can you say, do as I do and follow my example? Or do you have to say, do as I say, but don't do as I do? A lot of application here, right? How about around your house as a parent? Parents here this morning, right? Can you say to your children, look at me and do likewise? Pretty convicting question, isn't it? Especially when you think about controlling your temper or talking about other people behind their back. And this is not just for parents. Can you say to your fellow believer, perhaps the one sitting next to you right now, hey, look at my life, look at me and do likewise. Pretty tough question for all of us, isn't it? Well, let's try to be more like Gideon so that we all can say, look at me and do likewise.